is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Tuesday, November 3rd. Not much going on today in the country. I mean, hey, it's the trade deadline in the NFL, right? That's the only thing going on. Of course, it is the uh, waiver wire show for the week. Week 9, man. Week 9 is upon us, so we're going to get you set up. Maybe not the most robust waiver wire that we've had all season long, but there's a couple interesting developments, moving parts here that we could take advantage of for waiver purposes this week. Before I get into that, let me tell you about the presenting sponsor of the show. You know who it is, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Do you like to hear me ask that question? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different. It really is. Than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com there's no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks. And that means anyone has a chance of winning even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, esports, and football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. RANT. $50. It's good. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're getting into when you sign up to play. It's monkeys, it's knives, it's fights, it's sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So the trade deadline is is almost here as I'm recording this. Uh, The only thing that we've seen so far that is maybe of note is Isaiah Ford being traded to the Patriots. They needed a receiver. Ford's a... He's an interesting player. He's an interesting player. Uh, I think that um, you know this this could have some some positive benefit here to Cam Newton, but it doesn't really change things dramatically. It's always weird when divisional rivals trade with each other. But regardless, the other big story uh, unrelated here has been all of the COVID stuff going on. Uh, so AJ Dillon uh, is on the COVID list after testing positive, and then because Jamal Williams was in close contact with him, he's not going to play this week. Aaron Jones may not play, by the way. So I'll talk about that in a little bit. Andy Dalton on the reserve COVID list didn't even get out of the concussion protocol. Weird. John Elway. <laughs> John Elway's on the freaking COVID list. Not real, but he is positive. He did test positive, so there is that. A lot of moving parts here. Marlon Humphrey, we'll keep an eye on that. I'll talk more about it on the show as I get more information, but the big one is going to be that Packers backfield, so I'll talk about that today as we go through the waiver wire. Of course, if you want the waiver wire rankings, there's only one place to get them. They're over at ftnfantasy.com. And, uh, hey, you can get, you can still get in. Promo code RATPACK gets you 10% off if you want access to all the goods over there. Well, let's dive into it. I'll tell you what, quarterback is really weak this week. There's not much there. Uh, It's not one of those weeks where it's like, oh, there's streamers galore. Well, no, not really. Honestly, I think Tua might be the best option on waivers, so we're really only talking deep leagues. And this is more the 
the unknown of Tua. Like, could Tua be a thing? I don't know at this point, but I'll spend 3% on him. If I'm in a 16-teamer, Tua's still out there, which he probably isn't, but I'm just throwing this out. Remember, I cast a wide net. He's out there, and there's a bunch of crap out there, too. Why not? You know, if I need a backup. Uh, Philip Rivers is playing good football the last couple weeks, so he's in the two-quarterback conversation, finally. He hadn't been there for a good chunk of the season. I was really reluctant, but the last two weeks, really, uh, I've been impressed, and I'm willing to use him there. I'm also willing to pick him up in a deeper one-quarterback league, again, like a 16-teamer or plus. If I don't have a backup and I feel like I need a backup or if I'm coming up on like a bye week, uh, depending on who you have. Uh, so 2% on him. Drew Locke, 1%. I said it on the pod yesterday. Uh, I know some people were uh, had issues downloading the pod. It looks like we fixed those issues, so it's there. <laughs> I recapped the league uh, with little moving parts. Nothing like technology to make life more difficult, but it is there. I, pe- I appreciate everybody reaching out on social media. Uh, just let me know. You know, If there's ever an issue, always feel free to hit me up. I appreciate that a lot. At Jeff Ratcliffe, of course, on Twitter. But I said yesterday, hey, Drew Locke for three quarters looked terrible. He looked like Drew Locke. And then for one quarter, he looked like freaking John Elway. Can he string that together? I mean, we know that there's upside with the kid. Can he string it together? So I got 1% on him. Two quarterback leagues especially. 1% on Nick Mullins. 1% on Jake Luton. They're both going to be starters, so... Mullins could be start a starter for a while. I don't know about Luton. Doug Marone did leave the door open for Luton taking the job from Gardner Minshew. I don't know if that's like legit or if this is, I got to save my freaking job, so I'm saying whatever the heck I can say, but that's, that's at least on the table. Moving over to running back, I think it's a great week at running back, and I will say like sort of above and above every everything else, above all the other waiver ads this week, if somehow Chase Edmonds is out there in your league and he's out there in 32% of leagues, I'm not just throwing this out there it's, you know, based on what I think, feel, and believe. I did the research. He's out there, 32% of leagues. That's crazy. If he's out there, he's a 35% ad. He's going to be the starter. Uh, he is. He could keep the whole, the whole darn thing after Kenyon Drake gets healthy. We'll see. But that's just crazy. And it, it again, goes back to something that people do that I, I warn you against. Don't sort by projected points. Don't do it. That's like drafting online and only using the ADP, right? Oh, don't say you've never done it. Don't say you've never done it. You're drafting on ESPN or whatever, and you're only using the ADP. Have your list with you. Have your list with you. Every draft I do online, I still have my little draft board with me. You know I love my draft board. But I also, anytime I'm making waiver ads, I just use my rankings, so that way, nobody slips through the cracks. You're like, you, you've probably been there. I, this is the reason why I do this. You know, basically, the beauty here is I get to share with you all the crap that I've come up with my, for myself so, to stop me from being such a ding-dong, right? Because it would happen all the time back in the day for me where I'd be like, oh, man, I totally forgot about that guy, right? That's the idea of the list. Now you have the list. You don't forget about anybody. And and, and we're not sorting by projected points for next week because I'm sure that's why Chase Edmonds slipped through the cracks in some leagues. Anyway, the real debate for a lot of people, if they're out there, is going to come down to J.K. Dobbins or Zach Moss. 
I think it's Dobbins. I'd go 20% on him, but 18% on Moss. Now, it's close, but here's where the thought process comes into play. When you compare the two, I like Moss's usage. I like the fact that he's trending up. I like the fact that the team really likes him. You know, I talked to Adam Kaplan, NFL Insider, on my SiriusXM radio show, and he said the team really likes him, and they're very impressed. They didn't think he was going to be that good of a passing down back. So that's all beneficial there for Zach Moss, but he is splitting with with Devin Singletary. You know, there's a split in the Baltimore backfield as well, and I think there's a little bit of a cap on the overall upside of Moss. So he's going to be a little bit more tied to touchdowns, whereas Dobbins, I went back, watched that game very closely, and I'll tell you what I saw with Dobbins. I saw a kid who was not only explosive, but he was create he would create three, four, five yards after most running backs would have been tackled or down. Like he was doing moves like matrix moves to get extra yards. That's special. And think about it. I said this on the, the yesterday's podcast as well. This is a team that came into the year everybody said is going to be one of the best running teams in the league. And nobody doubted that. And they really weren't that to start the season. They were terrible. But we never quite got a like a blow-up game from them. And then they go out and they put up 265 rushing yards on what some people say is the best run, run defense in the league. Maybe second best, the Bucs are the best. Maybe third best if you have the Eagles add them. A tremendous defense. They put up 265 rushing yards. If you're John Harbaugh and you're heading in, you know, to the stretch run of the season, and you have Mark Ingram coming off an injury, but then you see your backfield look like this, what do you do? I mean, and and I'll talk about Gus Edwards in a minute, but it was really Dobbins was the special player here, and he outsnapped. Uh, Gus Edwards as well, 54-26. Every year there's a guy who at this point of the season, we don't necessarily think, you know, hey, if we all knew this is going to be the dude for the stretch run, then yeah, we'd be all over him. And I'd say spend all your freaking fab on him. But we don't know. You know, I brought up uh, earlier today the example of Jeremy Hill in his rookie season, which was what, 2014, right? Jeremy Hill was nothing before week eight. And then he blew up in week eight, and he blew up down the stretch, and he had two of his biggest games of the year in weeks 15 and 16. And we'll forever love you, Jeremy, even though it was not much after that in your career. We'll we'll forever love you for it. But who is that guy this year? Who is the Miles Sanders this year? Leading candidates have to be Dobbins and Moss. And uh, I would do what I can to get one or both of them, one or both of them. Uh, Philip Lindsay, 12%. Eventually, they're going to realize he's better than Melvin Gordon, at least uh, on the ground. Melvin, Melvin Gordon's a better pass catcher, but, man, he's just outclassing him. Uh, Jordan Wilkins at 12%. I don't think he's going to leapfrog uh, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is dealing with a minor ankle injury, but I just think we can't leave Wilkins out there any longer on waivers. Je- uh, Jamichael Hasty at 10%. Jarek McKinnon is the passing down back. Jamichael Hasty is the early down back. I would rather have the early down back, you know, especially in that Kyle Shanahan offense. So 10% on him, 8% on Malcolm Brown. They're heading into bye, but I just think he needs to be owned. I think Daryl Williams could be fine when they come out of that bye, but he does need to be owned. Now, here's the one that I was talking about to t- at the top of the show. Dexter Williams. 7%. Yes, Dexter 
Williams. So here's what we have. Uh, Essentially, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, COVID list, out. Aaron Jones looking very iffy because of their conservative medical staff. And remember, they play on Thursday. You have Tyler Irvin, who is a special teamer, basically. That's that's what he is. That's what he's always been. You know, and there's nothing it's not a knock on a guy to say you're a special teamer. In fact, I think that's a term of endearment because a lot of these guys who make NFL rosters, you you make that NFL roster as the 52nd, 53rd man on the roster, it's because you're a freaking special teamer and those guys are balls to the wall. So I respect the crap out of special teamers in the NFL. But Tyler Irvin is 27 years old, right? 27 years old. He has been in the league since 2016. He has 10 rushing attempts. Yep, 10 rushing attempts. Now, he has 22 catches. He can contribute there. Uh, This is over the course of his entire career. I don't think he is very likely to be a three-down back, especially at 5'10", 192 pounds. I just don't see him being an early down back. So Dexter Williams technically is on the practice squad. So you would assume, the, and, and they have a lot of flexibility in terms of when they can move him up from the practice squad, which is nice about the, the rules changes for this year. But you would figure a guy who checks in a little bit bigger, 5'11", 212 pounds, would be uh, a little bit better suited to do the early down work here. Remember, he did play at Notre Dame. We saw him very briefly last year. Five carries for him last year. That was it. But this is a sneaky, sneaky. This is a, are you looking for this week's DJ Dallas, right? He could be. I don't think this is going to be a great play. Let's be clear on that. But running back stinks right now. You could be in a bind, especially if you're waiting on Aaron Jones. You had Jamal Williams. Now what the F do you do? right? Dexter Williams. All he needs is volume and a couple reds, like, well, in particular, not even red zone look, goal line looks, and he could he could be just fine. You know, it's a sneaky play. Now, keep in mind, this may be just a one-week loner, so that's why I'm not going overboard here. I have met 7%, which is actually pretty bullish, but anyway, Damian Harris at 7%. I am not bullish on Damian Harris. I'm just not bullish on the team in general, and I thought he ran hard I thought he overall looked pretty good. I'm just not confident this team is going to have a lot of scripts to favor him. And being that he basically is only an early down guy, only played 20 snaps, I mean, that puts a lot of cap on what he could potentially do. If he, if he caught even a pass, I might feel a little bit better about him. Speaking of DJ Dallas, 6% on him. We don't know if Carson's going to be back. We don't know if Hyde's going to be back. We don't know if Homer's going to be okay. So I'll take a flyer on DJ Dallas. Nothing special out of him, but it doesn't have to be special to be a good fantasy play, and that's exactly what he was this past week. Justin Jackson, 5%. Here we go again. (laughs) Do we really want to do this to ourselves? I kind of just want to avoid the L.A. backfield altogether, and I have something that makes matters worse coming up in a couple minutes here. But we're back to Jackson as the lead back for now. Austin Eckler, if you're listening, heal up, bro. Uh, You know, speedy recovery. Let's get back on the field. We need you. We need you. Uh, LaMichael Piran, 5%. It's the Jets, but he he is out snapping Frank Gore. Uh, Latavius Murray, 5%. It is handcuff season. And man, oh man, he would be an instant RB1 if something happened to Kamara. Tony Pollard, same thing, 4%. Oh, I skipped over Gus, Gus Edwards, 5%. Uh, I, you know, he's a north-south runner. 
he's not special like like J.K. Dobbins though. Cam Akers four percent, another stash, and then Brian Hill four percent. He looks like he's a better runner than Todd Gurley. I keep saying that man, and his role increased this past week. In terms of um, any deep guys, well, the only one I'll tell you about here, uh, Troy Main Pope one percent on him. He did Josh Kelly better than Josh Kelly did Josh Kelly, you know, so far this season or last week. So that may not be good if you have a jo- if you have Joshua Kelly on your bench. Uh, well, getting Troy Main Pope out there could take the wind out of his sails a little bit. Let's move on to wide receiver. The two top options this week, Brandon Ayuk and Corey Davis, both 15%. Ayuk, I think he's going to be just fine uh, with Nick Mullins out there. No Debo Samuel, of course, no George Kittle. Not a bad spot for Ayuk coming off double-digit targets. And double-digit targets, back-to-back games for Corey Davis He's still the number two fantasy option there, even though he outscored A.J. Brown this past week. But I don't know if there's that big of a gap. And I actually have something on the impact of Corey Davis in a minute, too, uh, here coming up. McCole Hardman, 10%. You know, I like the increase in snaps. He was second out of the wideouts and snaps. And even when Sammy Watkins comes back, I think it sticks for him in three wide sets. So 10% for Hardman. 10% for Jalen Rager. 75 air yards for him. Actually, more air yards than Travis Fulgham. It was seven more than Travis Fulgham. Only three catches for 16, fine. But uh, Rager, the upside, the, the potential role in that offense as well. Marvin Jones. Who? Marvin Jones. 10% for him. Kenny Galladay, not going to play this week. And I'll tell you, seeing Mohamed Sanu visiting the Lions, that was a bad sign. Typically, you don't bring in a wide receiver to kick the tires on if you're confident that your your guys are healthy. So just throwing that out there. Mike Williams, 10%. He's that sort of the go-to deep ball target. Now, I'm not talking like Jalen Guyton. Okay, Jalen Guyton's going to get his like 50-yard target every week. But I'm talking in like the 15 to 20-yard range in terms of dot. Mike Williams has really settled into that role and has a nice groove going with Justin Herbert. And really the key for that type of receiver, you got to have a quarterback who has the balls to make the throw. I mean, just to, just to be completely blunt about it, and Herbert has the he has the stones, man. He has the stones, so I'm I'm liking the direction Mike Williams is trending. He's still the number two though. Keenan Allen is is obviously the clear number one there. Curtis Samuel five percent. Don't chase last week's touchdowns, but I think there's enough here that we can add him to our bench, right? There's there's enough juice there. Jerry Judy finally showing up. I was happy to see this. Led the the league, uh, all wide receivers in air yards, with 162 this past week. So even though the box score doesn't really pop, I, I think there's a couple things beyond the box score that look pretty good there for Jerry Judy. Uh, and that was with no Tim Patrick. Michael Gallup, 4%. And to make matters worse, I, I kept saying, well, I, I want to see this team with uh, Dalton back under center. Well, we're not going to see that this week. And who knows when he'll be back now. Another week of the Nooch, but we know the Nooch likes himself some Michael Gallup, so there is that at least. 4%. Jacoby Myers, 3%. Somebody has to catch the ball for the Patriots. For now, it's Jacoby Myers. Maybe it eventually be Isaiah Ford. Jacoby Myers has been fine this season, just not a lot of juice there for fantasy purposes. Darnell Mooney, 3%. Explosive, 5 for 69. Nice. And a score against the Saints last week, so... A little bit more upside with him than Anthony Miller because Anthony Miller pulls the disappearing act. But I'll go, I'll bite. I'll go 3% on Anthony Miller. Marvin Hall, 1%. Uh, 
he could be the downfield guy if Galladay does miss a bunch of time here. Deshaun Hamilton, 1%. Got in the end zone, but you know Judy saw twice as many targets, so just keep that in mind. Don't get too crazy there. All right, it's a weak week at tight end, but if Dallas Goddard's out there, I would go 10%. They're heading into bye, but I buy into Dallas Goddard as a tight end one for the rest of the way. I'm not worried about the one catch this past week. He actually looked pretty good. I was watching him closely to see how he was moving on his routes. Looked like no issue whatsoever in that one. So I was happy to see that. He passed the eye test, so uh, he's back in, in my fantasy good graces for sure. 10% on him. Otherwise, tight end, I think you could be looking at Eric Ebron. 5%. We kind of, you just know what Eric Ebron is, though, right? He's a guy who very likely will be a top 15 fantasy tight end the rest of the way. Maybe a top 10, but probably not a top 5, right? <laughs> just kind of throwing it like that. If you go in with those expectations, I think you're going to be fine. And I'll tell you, I don't think you need an elite fantasy tight end to win your league. Like, how many elite fantasy tight ends are there right now? Two? Is there? Are there two? Is that where we're at right now? Is it Kelsey and Waller? Because Kittle isn't in the conversation. Andrews has come back to the pack. Obviously, Zach Ertz is out. Uh, Dallas Goddard isn't quite there. A lot of these guys, TJ Hawkinson, isn't quite there. Like, a lot of these guys aren't quite there. So I think you can get away with it. If you're keeping pace at tight end with a guy like Ebron and you're outclassing your opponent at running back and wide receiver, you start how many of those guys? Six? Two two running back, three wide receiver and a flex? And one tight end? I'd much rather have the advantage at running back and wide receiver. So I don't think you need a stud tight end. I don't think you need to trade for one. I think you're going to overpay if you're trying to trade for Kelsey right now. Uh, Jordan Reed, 5%. If you could look into the crystal ball and you could say, hey, Jeff, Jordan Reed's going to stay healthy straight on through week 17. I would have to probably have him at like, I'd have him ahead of Goddard. I would. I wouldn't go crazy, but I'd have him at like 12%. But you can't do that, can you? And I can't do it either. And one thing we've seen with Jordan Reed, this guy gets hurt. So I'll go 5%, hope to catch lightning in a bottle, hope that he stays healthy, but not go overboard and overspend. Uh, 4% on Logan Thomas. Hey, he looked good the last time we saw him. It's it's a little touchdown dependent with him, but that's fine. That's tight end, and that is what it is. And then finally, Dalton Schultz, uh, just 2% on Dalton Schultz. Very minimal upside, but you know what? Like, here's the thing. Like, if you get a week like this, now you're not going to maybe get this every week, but six for 53. And a PPR, that's 11.3 points. You just kept pace with your opponent at tight end. Your opponent, eh, maybe your opponent scored 13 points. All right, big freaking deal. You just kept pace, and you're getting him for 2%. Now, deeper leagues, I don't think I'd go with, go after him in a 12-teamer because I do think guys like like Ebron or, or I would roll the dice with Jordan Reed, but it's not that bad. You don't need a tight end to win. Don't need it. All right, real quick on the uh, hold list. I only have two players. I'm holding Jonathan Taylor. I'm holding Amari Cooper. I'm not judging Amari Cooper on one week with Ben DiNucci under center. And, and really, I'm going to wait and see with Jonathan Taylor. But cutting, I'm cutting George Kittle. If you have George Kittle, he's going to be out through the fantasy championship, basically. So there's no value outside of keeper leagues. Obviously not in a dynasty. But in a regular redraft, no value in keeping him. No value. He's going to waste a bench spot or he'll waste an IR spot, and both of those are valuable chess pieces that you can use. 
Cut him. Uh, Jimmy Graham, he gone. He's out indefinitely. He's gone from fantasy rosters, and so is Teddy Bridgewater. He gone. Get rid of him. Both streamers didn't work out. Tevin Coleman, stop me if you heard this, but he is hurt again. He gone. Jonu Smith, he gone. Ready? Corey Davis's presence on the field, I think, is impacting Jonu Smith, especially in the red zone. That's a problem. Jonu Smith trending down. Unfortunately, he's back now into streamer territory, basically. Not every week starter territory uh, at this point. Harrison Bryant, he gone. Uh, Austin Hooper looks like he'll be back this week. All right, here's your streamers for the week for Team Defense. Arizona, we're going to go after Tua. He didn't do much last week, but I'm still going to go after a rookie quarterback when I get the opportunity, so stream in Arizona. Streaming the Giants, pretty good defense. Not going to lie, they held their own against the Bucs, and now they get Washington, allowing 3.7 sacks, 1.5 takeaways per game. The Texans going after Jake Luton. You know, that's the old flowchart play. Go after the rookie quarterback in his first start. And then the Titans going after Nick Foles. 1.3 interceptions per game. Just tossing those ducks up there. Whack, 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 whack. Just tossing them up there. Uh, they are one of just five teams as well to average under 20 points per game on, uh, you know, offensively there. You can take advantage of them. So Tennessee. Arizona, Giants, Texans, Titans. There you go. There's the streamers for the week. You, of course, can get the entire set of waiver wire rankings over at FTNFantasy.com. Don't forget our other sites as well, FTNDaily.com, FTNBets.com. And, of course, continue to review the show. I appreciate everybody who's done so already. Final stage is the planning for the 1K celebration. Don't ever plan a celebration in the middle of the NFL season. Final stages are coming up here. We'll have something for you shortly. But in the meantime, keep reviewing the show if you haven't already. And you got an iPhone, it's super easy. Open up the Apple Podcast app. Go to my podcast, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe. Click the stars and you're done. Otherwise, you can review it online as well. There are a variety of ways to review the show. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. And use that hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Rankings rankings tomorrow the world will be a different place because we have rankings for you on the show tomorrow i'll catch you on the flip side i'm jeff ratcliffe and i'm out of here